Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, everybody. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. Man, with all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in on. So, if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat, my Lakers to repeat their NBA championship, or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, man, you need to go to betonline.ag. From the game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always an online casino as well, because it never closes. So, Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag. Sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. You are now listening to Believe in the ACC with my husband, Mr. Talking Noise, Lloyd Spence, and our brother, Heisman Trophy and Florida State legend, Charlie Ward. And now... Lloyd and Charlie. Go get them, fellas. We got so much to talk about today. It's going to be one of them shows where you just sit back and take it all in. I mean, what a weekend. What a weekend. Up in that right, is that my right? I guess it's my left. Technically, is that my right? That's my right. I can't tell. That's my right. I just wait for to hear your wife just say, "Damn, for this." <laughs> Listen, man, I'm I'm my wife because she got a sultry tone. <laughs> she got a nice tone to her, man. That's all it is. Just you know, that little flavor. Uh, that's Dr. Morgan. <laughs> From Virginia Tech and the and the Washington football team, can't call them the Redskins no more. No, no, no. NFC East champs. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't don't do that. That's that's rude. That is rude. It's fault. That's a whole that was the previous show that I let my frustrations out. That's why I still got this hat on. Let me switch out my hat. Uh, I was, man, I'm still hot about that, man. And guess what? And they'll probably end up winning a one, one round in, in, in the playoffs. You got right? somebody on there? <laughs> that, de- that defense is for real. Oh, my it God. Wet and, and, and Chase Young. That's what I Ooh. said. They're they going to give um, um, Tom Brady – some issues. Yeah, it's going to be a long 60 minutes. You heard Chase when he ran off the field. The first thing he said was, I want Tom. Well, he's going to get all he can handle. <laughs> he's going to get all he can handle. Um, Man, that's Joshua Morgan. That's Kendrick Haskins. We, that's Charlie Ward. Uh, only one of us in this group has a Heisman Trophy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but we do we do know that somebody tomorrow is going to have a Heisman Trophy. That is uh, true. So we want to talk about that uh, tonight, and we want to talk about um, all that went on with the ACC and everything. But we got to start with the breaking news, man. And I don't really know how I feel about this, y'all. I got to be honest with you. Uh, all of March Madness. For the men, it's going to be played 
in Indiana. Wow. I, I, when I heard that today, I was like, okay, so they got a plan. And then you go read the statement. They don't know how they're going to do the testing of, 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 the, of, the, of the students. They don't know how they're going to do a bubble-type atmosphere. They don't know what they're going to do if a team catches COVID and has to go quarantine. They don't know uh, anything, quite honestly. So I'm my first question to you fine gentlemen is, what does the NCAA do? Like, what do they do? What is their job? If it's not to solve these kinds of problems, what is their job? I'll wait. Well, I, I think they have a plan. They just, they just don't want to roll it out all at the same time. Charlie, every article I saw said we're still discussing it. Like I said, it's, it's, not, it's not finalized. So they have a plan. They have an outline. They gave you, they gave you the, the, the blueprint that it's going to happen. That's the first positive. Okay. The second positive is going to happen in one place. All right. And then the third, uh, they're working all the other details out. And so it's kind of like a save the date. Come on, let, let, let's just <laughs> kind of like a save the date card um, on what's going on. So Charlie said it's like a save the date. Save the date. We don't know where it went out yet, but we're doing it. I'm just saying, you know, most times when you save the date, it's to get on people's uh get on their radio, get on the calendar, yeah. Schedule, calendar and those types, and you really don't have all the details lined out and so i just say it's a save the date card i love your positivity charlie i you know what i love your positivity i love it gentlemen do you agree with charlie's positivity <laughs> hey, I, I agree with the to be determined you know <laughs> but but i mean comments <laughs> we've come from save the date to be determined <laughs> this is amazing. I got two more matches. NCAA right now. Nah, but honestly, truly, though, what common sense just tell them to take the business model that the NBA did with the recent bubble and apply those rules to the NCAA tournament? That's the part that I don't understand. For, to me, this sounds like an easy fix. There's a Disney World on one coast, there's a Disneyland on the other coast. Send 34 teams that one way, send the other 34 teams the other way. And then you, if you want to come back in and out before the final four, that's fine. Yeah. But to me, this feels like an easy fix. And it's not like they don't have the money. Definitely got the money. So I don't understand why we're struggling with this. This, this. I don't understand. I don't get it. Mr. Haskins, what are your thoughts? We got to save the date from Charlie and it's to be determined by Josh. So what? which what you going with? Well, my thing is, it's like, I don't understand why this has been breaking news all day when we've been talking about this for three months. We haven't said it. <laughs> the NCAA said this three months ago. Well, now it's official, Kendrick. <laughs> Whatever. The thing is, the only thing that cracks me up, because they, they announced that the dates are going to be in Indianapolis and, and you know, at Lucas Oil and at Banker's Life. They also said at IUPUI, then they said Bloomington and, and West Lafayette at Purdue. I know 95% of America doesn't know. Bloomington and Purdue 
and West Lafayette are about an hour away from Indianapolis. Not the same thing. Because if you do the thing, if you do everything in Indianapolis, and we talked about this last week, in Indianapolis, you could go to Lucas Oil, Banker's Life, and never go outside in, Indian, in, in Indianapolis. You can't do that in West Lafayette. You can't do that in Bloomington, and you can't do that at IUPUI. And so I'm wondering what I get that, you know, they want to keep it all in one location. They're going to do the bubble thing. But it opens up a whole bunch of other questions like, I cover, in my area, I cover the University of Kentucky, University of Louisville, the University, IU University, and any other relatively good team from the state of Kentucky, which includes Murray State and Western Kentucky. Right. So does that mean that the media is going to cover these teams? Does that mean that fans can go to Banker's Life, can go to Butler University, can go to IUPUI and Purdue University? Well, now there are no fan plans. No. I, I don't. If they're going to do it like that, they can't have fans. Yeah. Right. I totally agree. But what does it mean as far as – because I'm looking, I'm I'm being selfish. I'm look, totally looking at it for on the coverage side of it. Does that mean that we can go? You might, have, you might be on Zoom, Kendrick. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. That's what I'm hoping for. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> yes, that's probably the best way to cover it. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. To, I'm, like, I'm, I'm like, does that mean that we're going to be at the crib? Because I'm fine with that. Yeah, <laughs> so, it, it, that's it, what I'm asking. There's a lot still to, to to everybody's point. There's a lot still to be worked out. Like we're nowhere near a final, and, and maybe that's why they didn't roll it out officially until today. Because maybe they're getting closer to some more definitive answers. But then also, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a little bit kind. I have not been kind all day with this subject, but I'm gonna be a little bit kind now. I do understand the. We have to wait and see how things unfold, bigger picture of COVID. Because, like, the numbers already are starting to spike from the holidays. Like, we, I don't know how it is where you guys are in Louisville or where you are, Joshua or Charlie. But, like, today, you know, here in, in Texas, our numbers were the worst they've been since this started. Now, yeah. also, there are, all, there are people getting the vaccine. And that's the other part. And we've seen the vaccine cause COVID for those who take it. And that's one of the reasons uh, they're taking it is so their bodies could get acclimated to it. And so you're going to catch the virus. And so people are testing positive from taking the, uh, the vaccine as well. And so mm -hmm. that is something that I don't think we're at, we're, we're talking about throwing into the mix when we start talking about the spikes right uh because that plays a, a a part in it and now if you have people who are taking the vaccine they're getting the, the actual virus and they're actually shedding uh meaning they're going out and they're doing all necessary doing all the things as if someone just caught it and they may not know um or they're not quarantined after the vaccine and so that though all those dynamics are playing a big part, and that's one reason why they want everybody to get vaccinated. So just that's a side note. But yeah. just as we talk about the spikes, 
That's something that's added to this mix as well uh, that a lot of people aren't talking about, but it's the truth. All right. Tyler, you're so positive today. I appreciate that. You bring me you bring me balance, sir. <laughs> I'm just saying man. every week. <laughs> you bring me balance. I like that. I like that you bring me back. Um, because I'll be out there. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. So bring me back on these playoffs. What happened this weekend with Notre Dame pulling another Notre Dame? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we we, t- we talked about it though. I mean, we we kind of knew, but we Alabama, said that last week, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it was really no. We were just hoping that well, Notre Dame would would be able to, yeah. you know, stay close, yeah, and play well enough to be able to, you know, hang in there, very similar to what Florida did. But we said it before. You know, yeah. Florida had a very dynamic offense, and that was one of the reasons why they, they kept the game close in the SEC championship game. The only way that you're going to be able to play with Alabama is if you score points. Uh, you may – their defense is very good. They're, they may give up a lot of points like they did to uh, Florida, but their offense also is going to score points. And so, you know, that's going to be a challenge for Ohio State. And it was definitely a challenge for Notre Dame because Notre Dame, from an offensive standpoint, I just felt like they couldn't score enough points. Mm. I'll say this. This week I was far better prepared than I was for the ACC championship because I had already settled in my mind, they're going to pull a Notre Dame at some point. (laughs) So I, I was good this week, and that felt good to be so ready. So that part, I wasn't as bad. What do y'all think about Brian Kelly's comment after the game, though? He was very dismissive, I guess, is the only word I can come up with. What do you guys feel about the way he handled that post-game press conference to say, well, listen, we're getting there. That's something. I mean, that that means we're moving in the right direction. (laughs) And I'm like, bro, you've been there nine times. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want to hear Josh's response oh, yeah. on that. Josh, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that? Nine times, and, you, and you're not only getting there, but you're getting blown out every single time. <laughs> every time they get busted, every time. And I know, you, I know you're a big Notre Dame fan, Joshua, being from Virginia. Right? <laughs> so, so tell me what your thoughts are on that. Um. <laughs> Kind of self self explanatory, honestly. I mean, if you've been there nine times and you get blew out every time, I mean, what what do you have to say? What can you really say? You know, if it's time to make a change, maybe you need to go to a, another division. Something needs to happen. I don't know. If you <laughs> keep going and losing. I mean, you keep going. Yeah, if you keep going and losing and getting blown out, blown out, blown out. I mean, think about on the next level. If we keep going to the Super Bowl every year, we lose nine times. Buffalo Bills. Right, right, right. <laughs> at some point, you got to look at that coach and say, bro, you don't – do you not know how to pull this out? Like, you can't get this done. They paying you to seal the deal. But come on, man. Let, let's be real. With uh, I mean, Notre Dame, this is the same thing Clemson – we kept saying about Clemson until Deshaun Watson – Taj board, those guys, you know, they started to turn the corner. But Deshaun Watson was really the guy that really helped them turn the corner. 
and until Notre Dame can find that guy mm-hmm. that can be able to help them turn the corner, I think they have offensive line they caught up, defensive line they've been in catch up with the speed and all those types of things. From a skill standpoint, they're still a little lacking. But until they can find a guy that can change their program from the quarterback position, I think they're going to keep spinning their spinning their wheels. Mm. Uh, and right now, um, I don't know who that guy is, but they'll they'll be just good enough to get to the final four, and they'll still have these same issues because they just don't have that difference maker at quarterback. And when you start talking about these teams uh, that you're playing, just look at them. I mean, all the quarterbacks there are dynamic in some form or fashion. And Matt Jones is is a dynamic quarterback. I mean, the guy is efficient. I mean, he knows how to get it to the right guys, playmakers. They're well balanced. And so um, until they can get to that point, they're going to keep going through these cycles where they're going to be just good enough but they're not going to be able to beat the upper echelon team, upper echelon teams. But Ian Book is the winning, winningest quarterback in their history. He's that. I mean, wow, that's, that's a strong statement you just made, Charlie. That was very and, statement. and he's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say that, Kendrick? Because my thing with Notre Dame is like. Because there's, it's a weird thing because they're building, they're building to like to get to that point, and like they've got to the point. I think they do have like the linemen on both sides of the ball to kind of compete on both sides of the ball on the line. They don't have the skill players, and so that's the next step for Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. The thing that that you know, the thing that sucks for us as fans is like. We got to watch them build because at the end of the day, they're still better than most of the most of the other teams. I mean, they're they're not on the Clemson, Notre Dame, Alabama, and they're not on the Clemson, Alabama level and Ohio State level, but they're still better than you know Florida, Georgia, you know, saying NC States. So, so they're still better than those teams. But so like they still, but they have to get better at the skill positions from what I'm seeing. And like, that's one of those things where I defer to, you know, Charlie and Josh, but it just feels like they got to get, it feels like they have the, the mix at the, at the, you know, at the grunt positions at the end of the line, but they don't have the skill players. What do you guys think? I mean, I could agree with that. You know, they definitely could use more talent at the skill level. But, you know, it's kind of – I mean, I, I get what Charlie said too because, you know, I mean, both of you, we all basically saying the same thing. Like, they're good enough to get there, but then what? So let right. me deal with the elephant in the room. Let me deal with the elephant in the room. Because – Alabama gets those skill players. Clemson gets those skill players. Georgia gets those skill players. But those schools are not like Notre Dame in their requirements to get in. Mm-hmm. So the question is, are there no – I don't want to – this sounds so bad when I say it. Are there no 
academically qualified, great skill players? Is that what we're saying? There's, I don't think that's. I don't think that's. The, I don't think that's the the issue. I think. Then why can't they get them? Because you just said they're going to be in. The they're not getting. I, I don't think they're getting them because Notre Dame doesn't resonate with the younger generation like it does with mine, Lloyd, Charlie. Right. I think Josh is a little bit younger than us. It doesn't resonate with the run with 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 the younger generation as it does with the when you know people our age. And to piggyback off what you said, I talked to a lot of these top recruits, and I don't even hear Notre Dame even recruiting them. At they don't recruit them at all. At all, like you, you hear the Alabamas, you hear the you hear all the top schools, and then Notre Dame not even on the list, and didn't even give an offer. Yeah, I think I think I think some of that does have to do with academics, um, because they're very similar to Stanford um, in the way they have to approach uh, Duke. Uh, we talk, and that's why I say they're ceiling. They they may hit lightning in a bottle, but you know the academic requirements. They can only go after certain guys, types of guys. And, but now with this transfer transfer portal, uh, they may be able to get some guys from some of these Ivy League schools who are dynamic. That's coming out today uh, to be able to come and, and you know help them out. Uh, but there's no there's no Rockets, there's no Jerome Bettis, there's no Tim Browns. They don't exist anymore. That can meet the academic standard. No, that, that was like 25, 30 years ago at this point. There hasn't been a rocket Ishmael at Notre Dame in 25 years. And so for the younger kids, they're looking at the Clemsons and Alabamas at this point. That's a fact. But when is Notre Dame going to do something to make themselves relevant to these younger generations? Because like you said, they don't know the rocket Ishmaels. They don't know the Allen Rossums. They don't know these guys. Should they be should they be redu- re- re- uh, relaxing some of their academic qualifications to get what they need? I don't even think it's that. It's just like you look at what's out there in the NFL. You you look at the popular, the cool players in the NFL right now. It's like Lamar Jackson. He went to Louisville. You look at Deshaun Watson. He went Deshaun Watson went to Clemson. You know, a lot of the, a, a ton of the receivers in the NFL went to Clemson. Yeah, and so it, I mean, a lot of the skill guys are going. Elsewhere than Notre Dame, so well Notre Dame's going to start. They're, they're going to get the offensive linemen because they, I mean, yes. you know, yes. they're going to have top tier offensive linemen. They've oh, had yeah. in the past few years, and now I think defensive line. They've also you know been able to uh, have some success there. Um, I just still think if you're going to compete, and this is. I mean, you look at this is all levels, you know, college, pro, even high school. When you start looking at the teams that are consistently in the championship hunt each and every year, they have a quarterback that makes good decisions. And he kind of helps take them on. I'm wearing my my uh, this, my uh, Texan shirt uh, today mm-hmm. because I'm just a big fan of Deshaun Watson. I mean, the guy had nothing to play for yesterday, and he almost brought uh, – not almost. Played he his heart 15, 
he brought yeah. his team all the way to a 38-38 tie. Yeah. They were down 35-38. I mean, he put them up 35-31, helped them put them up. And then, you know, they went back and got the, you know, and it was 38-38 at one point. And so I'm just saying, even though he's on a losing team, I can I can depend on him to help carry me if I can just get a few pieces here and there. And that's the type of quarterback that you got to have. If you're going to be a top team, you got to have a quarterback like that. I mean, you got to have all the other pieces. Yes, I understand. You got to have a very good defense. You got to have an offense. You got to be well balanced. But if you're a quarterback and you don't feel like you're a quarterback, you give them the football, you down one, uh, you down three points or seven points or whatever it is, and you need to go get it. If you don't feel like you can give that ball to that guy and he can drive you down, a la Tom Brady. Yeah. If you give Tom Brady the ball with a minute, Rodgers the ball a minute, you're like, they got a chance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just like the line. game's over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Ian, and Ian is not that guy. He's never been that. And, you know, I've been one of his biggest critics. He's just – He's not that guy. He's he's he, he's serviceable, right. but he's not dynamic. And and they need something dynamic. But surely there's a some some kid out here. Well, let me say this. Here's how bad Notre Dame recruiting is. Kyler Murray is that guy. And he, and I know where he went to high school. It's it's literally five miles up the road from my house. And he was dynamic at Allen High School. They could have had they I, I, why why not go get him? Exactly. So they recruit him? Point. I don't even think they recruited him. Yeah. That's a, that's what I was about to ask you, Charlie, because with them not having that quarterback, is it also – isn't that with these so-called quarterback guru coaches, these coaches that, you know, train these quarterbacks up to do it, isn't that like my guy at Oklahoma? Isn't that where, where that coach comes in play? and helps cultivate these quarterbacks and help mold these quarterbacks into that guy? Before you ask that, Charlie, I'm a, I'm, I, Josh, that is a fantastic point because you look at what Jalen Hurts was at Alabama and then you look at what he is now. That one season with Lincoln Riley made all the difference. So Brian Kelly's supposed to be this offensive genius. Where is the genius? Well, I feel like I feel like that comes down to recruiting, though. The I mean, thing, could, but could this yeah. same quarterback at Notre Dame go to Oklahoma and be something special? That's all I'm saying. That's a great. That's a great point. Question, because it feels like Ian, I feel like Ian Book is a decent enough quarterback, but like when you look at his skill positions, I mean, his best players that he's throwing to are tight ends, and so. Is it all Ian Book or is it recruiting? Is, is, great, I mean, I mean, it seems I mean, like the question. What you saying that though? Could you name any uh what's my man name? Could you name any uh Maddie Ice's receivers at Boston College? But great you knew point. who he was. Great, great point. point. That's a great, great point. point. That's a great point. He used to come to great the game point. and ask us, tell us we wish he we wish he we had us. But we were playing him at VTech. That's not a great point. <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, have you ever had a, rece- a, quarter- a receiver say, "Man, I wish I was playing for you, playing with you before a game"? No, 
And I didn't know. What about after? During my time, we, you know, it wasn't any of that. We didn't know transferring and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, guys are loyal to their schools. And, and so, you know, it was like a disgrace if I wanted to be on your team um, after you just booked uh, what my behind, but, um, <laughs> but in this day and age, you know, that's, that's not a big issue. Yeah. You want to, you with my behind. I, I, I want to join you. Right. <laughs> There's not a better humble bragger on earth than Charlie Ford. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Listen, the bragging the, the, the brag definitely be humble, but but it's but it's, it's you know it feels the same. It's, it's, it's true. <laughs> because I guarantee you there was not one person that came up to Charlie Ward before the game who was like, Yeah, I wish I wish you was my quarterback. But after the game, come on. Yeah. What, what do y'all think about the eleventh ranked team in the nation? Um <laughs> straight <laughs> mud stomping the the, the 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 Clemson Tigers the way that they did, and only needing to play six games to get to that place where they could mud stomp them. But let, let, let me just be fair. All right, <laughs> let me be fair. Charlie you, always brings me back. I appreciate that. There, there's a, there's two ways to there's really uh, there's another way to look at this. Okay, eleven to six. All right. They had six games to keep their players healthy, keep them fresh. If they lost a guy, they had, you know, the backups, they were refreshed in the whole nine. All right. That's 11 to six. The other hand is they had to go out and compete after six games and they played their best game. All right. They played a really good game. They put one, one good game together. Because they've been going through the motions kind of throughout the, the season, and they got everybody back, and they had their one good game. Uh, and now they can have an opportunity to go to two. When you got Clemson on the hand, who played 11 games, they had some attrition. Um, they got guys banged up, guys playing, still playing hurt. And so it kind of caught up with them. And plus, they didn't play their best game. Um, so you think that eleven games made a massive difference? That night. That night. Yeah. Now, when it comes to the championship game, I think it's a wash. Okay. You know, at this point, you know anything can happen. But then again, they they could have easily come out Ohio State and laid an egg. They said have been rusty in a sense. They hadn't played many games. They hadn't been challenged and all these kind of things. But they they. They play much better than Clemson. And the thing I can say is I appreciate about Dabo is he didn't give any excuses on why they didn't play well and all this kind of stuff. He gave Ohio State credit. He said they were better on this night. And, you know, he went through the all, all those things. Right. And so that's the one thing I can appreciate about Coach Sweeney. Even though he chose to put him 11, he even said that that wasn't the issue. And then he, he did say they they good enough to, to beat us. They good they, they're good enough to win the whole thing, and I think they have a chance to do that. Maybe because they only play six games. I don't know. <laughs> <All right. laughs> 
Dabo, Dabo, what y'all think? Dabo definitely stood stood on his word, stood by his word. He, he didn't back down off of that. Yeah, he did. Everything. Yeah, he did. And um, he definitely um, you know, he didn't make any excuses or nothing. So I agree with Charlie on that. But I what I think about what Charlie said is that Charlie, I know you know as a player, right? No matter how many games you play. You in a championship game. You're gonna play your best football. You're gonna do everything you need to do to prepare to put your best effort forward. Especially you know when you just beat this team last year. And it's publicly known that they put that score up in their weight room and their locker room and everything. And they've been that you have been a motivation all year, whether it's six games, two games, or 20 games. You've been a motivation all year. Man, you know you got this target on your back. I'm not going in there unprepared. I'm not going in there to play my worst game. I'm not going in there putting the forth for losing effort at all. I'm going in there mentally prepared for everything. You know, and just as a player, you know, yeah. the coach could coach you up. And I'm sure Dabble and his coaching staff did a great job, even with the OC, you know, having COVID restrictions right. and not being able to be there. And that's another key fact I think that played into it too. Because without the OC being there, I really think that, okay. No, no matter how long everybody else been there, you're still trying to think what would out, what would the OC call? Right what would you do? Yeah, call in this place instead of him. I was gonna be a second guess. Yeah, second So That's a great point. That's a great point, Kenny. What do you think about that? As I, I wanted to, to defer to Josh and Charlie because, like, you know, y'all played in these kind of games. It's like Ohio State's coming in, can, into that game with that chip on their shoulder from last year. Two two players that have played in those types of games where you you know it's it's kind of as fans and media we kind of look at it and look at look at it as like they're looking for revenge, but you know you all when we talk to you all about it you always play it down oh no it's just the next game blah 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 y'all give us the same BS line but right. <laughs> you know you know Ohio State when they saw they had Clemson again giving how the game went. To year before they weren't going to say it to us but for two guys like you are who are the ultimate competitors what's going through your minds when you when you look on the schedule it's like oh we got these guys again and and that's i feel like ohio state had all the motivation in the world and we kind of downplay it like it kind of gets downplayed when you ask you guys but come on it's human nature you guys those guys Wanted Clemson again. So oh, I ask you two. Well, yeah, I ask, ask you two. What's that like? Well, this is uh, th- th- this is kind of the the highlight. Uh, you know, as a competitor, uh, you know, you kind of off season. If you don't win the championship, everyone has a motivation. You know, <laughs> even if you don't play in the championship game, everyone has a motivation. But if it's like your last game that kept you from getting to the championship. And it was something that, you know, it's going to prepare you for moving forward. That's what they did. But when it's all said and done, you can have all the motivation you want. You can get to that moment. You got to execute. And both teams prepared the same. That's in both championship games. And that's in all the bowl games. Hopefully we're going to talk about that in a, in a few minutes. But all the bowl games, everybody prepared. But when it's all said and done, you got to get out there and execute. And Ohio State did it much better than Clemson. And they had a very good scheme. They knew what they wanted to do. 
They uh, had a great game plan and they executed. The one thing that when you talk about playing against Clemson, you got to be able to block their blitzes because that's the way they get you. You know, the blitzes with the twist and all these different things to try to confuse you. And then on the back end, they're covering up some of the uh, holes of the unathletic uh, players that they may have on the back end. And they just caught up with them uh, because Ohio State was able to find their weakness and exploit it. We talked about about this all season with Clemson. Yeah, Yeah, they were ready. Their, Their defense was not their strength this year. Right. And they were playing a lot of guys through the system. And what I mean by that, putting guys in different spots, but they weren't able some teams weren't able to take advantage of it because they were getting blitzed or they weren't picking up twists and they were getting pressure. But when Ohio State was able to get the protection that they needed and uh, Justin Fields, let's just be honest, the guy was on point mm-hmm. all night. He yeah. was on point. Yeah. He may have missed one uh, read the entire night. All the other times he was on point and he hit his target and guys made catches and they were able to run the football as well. And so I just think they just out executed them from an uh, offensive standpoint. And then defensively, they were able to take advantage of some of Clemson's weaknesses as well, their offensive line. They were able to get pressure on Trevor and they weren't able to run the football like they wanted to run. Uh, the football uh, with the quarterback or the running back, whoever was trying to run, they really didn't have a great running game either. So, yeah, you know, when it's all said and done, when it comes down to big games, guys have to step up and make plays and you have to execute and play great effort. And Ohio State did it better than Clemson. Yeah. And for you two offensive guys, and I, I'm asking you all, you, Charlie and John, because much was made about how Clemson would, you know, they wouldn't get organized until right before the snap because they wanted to see what the offense was doing. For you guys, does they give you all an advantage because, you know, you can snap the ball before they're ready? Because it was a couple of times when when Ohio State hit Clemson with plays, especially that first touchdown when Clemson wasn't set. Yeah. Is it one of those things where you can prepare for that when you know that they're not going to – they're not gonna, you know, they're not gonna show you their hand, but you can call your play knowing, you know, before they can show their hand and before they know what you're going to do. Well, to, and before you answer that, I want to, I want just, just a little dot there because I think you're spot on, Kendra. The preparation that Ohio State had going to this game was par excellent. Justin Fields knew what was coming the whole game. He was not surprised by anything. And how many times have you been able to say that a Brent Venerable's defense didn't surprise the quarterback? That was that was impressive. Okay, go ahead, guys. Well, with that offense that they were running, like, I mean, what, what y'all are saying, they had time to study film, right? So you know what you've been saying on film. You know how they're attacking and everything. So as an offensive, your offensive mindset is to go out there and – as Charlie said, execute. You know, big-time players make big-time plays in big-time situations, right? And that's what they went out there and did. And, again, to some Charlie said earlier about the six games, it might have just been me, but Ohio State looked like they were way fresher, flying around on offense and defense. 
you know, and part of Ohio State executing the way they did on offense was their best defense because that Clemson offense was on the sideline watching them work. That's a great point. That's a great point. That's a great point. Now, to add to that, when we talk about 11 and 6, we talk about more film as well Mm -hmm. um, to be able to study. And so – and, and so that plays a big part. Ohio State didn't have to show everything that they were going to do. Um, and, and I think they may have had some things in there built in to be able to take advantage of some of those. Because uh, there was one crazy, uh, you know, three-by-one set that they ran to get a guy running down the middle of the field. Oh, yeah. Uh, wide open. It was like a bunch one guy yeah. going up and then the outside guy came down came through the middle and ran up the scene uh, up the middle over the over the uh, over the linebacker yeah and then safety on the other side who's responsible for the third man on the trip side you know he got caught out and they ended up hitting up the scene that was like the beginning of the third quarter uh, or yeah. so right at the end of the second quarter. Uh, but what Ohio State did from an offensive standpoint was they waited until the last minute to call the play that they already knew they were going to call. They were, they, were, they were running simple plays when, when, they, when they were waiting because at that point you're going to be in a certain formation and you're going to run. So they had all those predetermined plays already uh, chalked up. And so what they were doing was they were waiting to the end to call, you know, a quick play. And that's when they gashed them. And Clemson, they saw Clemson waiting to see what they were going to do before they got lined up. So a lot of times they caught them out of position because they would switch formations and what have you. And they knew what they were going to run. They were running only, you know, a stretch or inside zone. Yeah. When it came down to a run game. And even in a passing game, it was something simple. And so they were kind of playing this game with Clemson because Clemson was waiting to see what they were going to do, and then they hit them every now and then. It wasn't every, every down. It was every now and then. So it was very uh, well uh, done uh, from a game plan standpoint and execution as well. Here's my question. This is my yeah. question to both of you guys because, uh, like I said, you all know way more than us. Why can't everyone else who plays Clemson? Because we know this is what Clemson does. They wait till the last second to call the defensive plays to see what your formation is. Ohio State basically took advantage of that. It seems like from from you know a layman's um, way of looking at it. Why doesn't everybody else do do that? Is it because Ohio State has the personnel to you know saying to take advantage of that, or is it something else? Um, I think it would be. Like Charlie said, um, Ohio State had more film to watch Clemson on. But also, going back to what we all were talking about with the Notre Dame situation, quarterback play. You know what I'm saying? I think you got to have that quarterback in that position to know, like, quarterback play, playmakers, just the whole confidence level, period. You know, we all said that Ohio State had that score from that last time they played Clemson in their locker room, in their weight room. That was their motivation. So when you prepare for a team like that all that time and you got all this film to watch, you only play six games and you know this is the game to get you to the big show, 
we're going out there and we execute. We're doing everything confident. We're going out there and we're going to give you our best foot, no matter what. So with that being said, a lot of these other teams probably didn't have that same motivation, didn't have that same, you know, confidence. And they see, oh, my God, it's Clemson. Oh, my God, we got this perfect quarterback over here at Clemson. How are we going to stop him? They going in there lacking confidence from the jump. When Ohio State coming in here like, no, you felt like you embarrassed us last year. We felt like we dropped the ball last year. You got to stop us. We don't care what you play. Like Charlie said, we know what we running. We just holding y'all so we can run this clock and so we can see if y'all going to do something different to make us call a different play. If y'all not moving, then we going to catch y'all in whatever y'all in. Y'all going to have to score. Y'all going y'all gonna to have to stop us from scoring. What, what did they see out of this trade, out of, out of the running, uh, the deep, uh, 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 Claims his defensive rushing or defensive running game, they're stopping the run or whatever. What did they see in that that made them think that uh, Trey Sermon was going to get 193 yards? Because well, go ahead, go ahead, Josh. What I saw, I just saw them. They caught him in that blitz a lot. Like, like I, I forgot which one of y'all said it, but they caught him in that blitz a lot where they were trying to do a lot of them. Uh, Sam Will, Sam Mike, all them different blitzes they run. They caught him in that, and the linemen just. Lined it up perfectly. That's what I saw. Well, I know Clemson was slanting a lot. Um, and they were trying to, you know, slant to towards you know away from the running back. And uh, uh, sometimes they got caught uh you know going their own direction and sermons being the back he is, you know, he cut it back. Um uh, and Let's just be honest. Clemson's defense is, is wasn't very good. Yeah. Not just not mm-hmm. just not just on you know the other night. They've been struggling all season. Yeah. And the offense has kind of bailed them out. They've been able to get stops, you know, enough stops for their offense to continue to score. But Ohio State, their offense and their defense and their special teams were all good. And so when their defense wasn't able to get stops, their offense needed to keep it rolling, and they just weren't able to be kept keep keep it going. Uh, Ohio State's defense rose to the occasion, got as many stops they needed to be able to get their offense back, and their offense was rolling. Uh, I mean, they scored like five straight times. Yeah, at one point. Right. If it, it felt like it felt like they were able to run once they was able to run the ball. I mean, I mean, I mean, I know it's is you know it's a a to b as it gets, but once Ohio State was able to run the ball and establish the run, they could do whatever they wanted, and it felt like they were catching Clemson in blitzes, and, and the kind of blitzes where they were able to expose them with the run. As as a layman, am I am, am I somewhat right? Because I'm just I mean, y'all know more than I do. But it felt like they were catching Clemson in pass blitzes, and they would just run the ball, and they would catch. They would catch them slipping with the run instead when they would thought when they was expecting pass. I mean, if you're if you're in a if you're run blitzing, I mean, if you're blitzing, you're supposed to be, you know, in certain gaps. And if you can hit them with the pass, that's normally what you do. But if you can catch them in the right blitz, and you hit a seam. Uh, then, you know, that's also pretty good as well. But I just think they're just out-executing. I mean, we can sit here and try to belabor the point. I just think they out-executed them. Um, 
Uh, I don't like to say coaches get out coached and that kind of thing. I think they both go in with great game plans. Um, I just think it was just not Clemson's night. You know, Ohio State came in on a mission. And, I mean, the guy played with broken ribs. I think he broke his ribs. Uh, whatever he did. Yeah, yeah whatever he did. <laughs> Something happened, yeah. I mean, whatever happened, the guy played. That's how motivated he was about playing that game. I, I don't know how often or how many people would have played through that because that had to be painful. I know they shot him up at halftime and all right. that kind of carrying on. He's probably crying right now. But the guy came and played with something that, that was not comfortable. Yeah. And then he played well even before the shot. <laughs> Let's just right. talk about right. it. Another right. after yes. Yeah. Like a dart. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like the ball was – uh, off target. I mean, he hit the man and the strap and everything. <laughs> and so, day. He didn't care. Yeah, it so was. That, it, it was just their night. Let's just say it was just their night. Their night. It was their night. Now, uh, for the rest of the ACC, it has not been their their night. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been it's, it's, yeah, it's been tragic. What? <laughs> Did we just have it wrong? And 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 we. What happened? What has happened? You're both ACC guys. Tell me, where did we go wrong? <laughs> it just wasn't our, it just wasn't our season, bowl season this year. We, we, we didn't have the depth to be able to overcome the better players sitting out. That's exactly what I said. That's yeah, what I so, feel about, especially about North Carolina. I can't say that about everyone, but I, I give that to North Carolina. Yeah, yeah. I mean, North Carolina had everybody sitting out. Uh, yeah, right, they were their, right there in it. Yeah, most <laughs> of their best players were sitting out. Yeah. But Virginia Tech. Nah, we were sitting at home <laughs> on the couch. <laughs> we look, we recruiting. We had these cats recruiting already. Yeah, I think it was a simple that, and I really feel like. That narrative, because I've heard that narrative all weekend long. Oh, the ACC is overrated, that, the other. Well, I guess you could say well, the ACC is overrated. All the best players in the ACC that are going to go first, second, and third round are all not playing. Yeah, right. if you want to say that's overrated, then fine. You can have right. that narrative. But it doesn't change what, you know, I I, I don't like it when, 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 the meet, when we in the media, Kendrick, won't allow ourselves to just think just a little bit. Like no, it's, funny. It's, it's funny because it's like you know you look because you know I'm I'm right here in the middle because I have an ACC team, an SEC team, and a Big Ten team right all in my backyard. And so you know you look at Louisville, Louisville chose not to go to a bowl game. They would have gone to a bowl game if they wanted to. Let's be honest. Right. And then you got Kentucky. They beat NC State. On just a weird game where yeah, there was just like personal fouls and just like stupid penalties, it felt like Kentucky was trying their best to give NC State that game, and NC State wouldn't let them give it to them. Right now we're good. Right, it's like Kentucky can commit every stupid penalty you could possibly commit, yeah. and they still lost the game. I mean, they still won the game. What's that? I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did Kentucky? Complete a pass. Ooh, good question. Good question. Statistically, I think they did. <laughs> While I was watching the game, 
Uh-huh. They did not complete a pass or even attempt a pass. But, well, in, in their defense, in their defense, it's slightly their defense, Kentucky, as I just hit something, Kentucky didn't have they, – they just fired their offensive coordinator, basically. And so they had to – they were oh. – hold on. I've got – Archie Miller talking. There we go. Oh, yeah. Kentucky, Kentucky got rid of their offensive coordinator before the bowl game. So they had yeah. basically their tight ends, receivers, coach, slash their oh. best recruiter running the offense. And so that was that was kind of their problem on offense, but like their offense has kind of been like that all season. And and like they've got it's weird because Terry Wilson, their quarterback, is a decent enough quarterback. And they've got decent enough receivers. It's just their offense was so conservative all year that it's kind of, you know, when you get to a bowl game, it's kind of hard to go away from what they did all year in the last two seasons because I've always wondered why good offensive players go to that program because all they do is run the ball up the middle. But that was their problem offensively. But they did. They've got good running backs, and that's why they were able to stay in that game because Chris Rodriguez is one of those guys who could probably play on Sundays, and he and he had I know he had at least one touchdown in that game, and so and yeah, two. yeah, yeah, that guy is, that guy can play, and the crazy thing is is they don't really run, throw the ball that much, but they have three running backs, so that guy as good as he is. Doesn't get the ball that much. It's, 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 it's a crazy combination with what they do on offense. I, I don't think I've ever seen what I've seen in Kentucky the last couple of years, where you know going into the game, they're going to run the ball 50 times. Yeah. They're not going to. They've been like that for years. Yeah. I saw it. Virginia Tech. <laughs> <laughs> 2004 through 2007. Touche. Touche, Joshua Morgan. Touche. Is that right? <laughs> so you would be the perfect person to ask this question to. Do you be the perfect person to ask this question to? What do you do when you arrive on campus and you're told, oh, by the way, we're going to be a run dominant team? <laughs> Wide receiver. Honestly, <laughs> true, um, <laughs> I was never told that, so I don't know. <laughs> I was told at, least, at least Kentucky put a, a running back in the league, Benny Snell. The statue of Liberty yeah. run out, Joshua. You can come clean. You were never told. I was never told that. <laughs> I was told that we got four other true freshman receivers that's going to play true with you, and we're going to open that thing up and let y'all work. That's y'all real, right? I love all my running backs. I love all my running backs I played with. But love them. Kendrick, none of them made it to the league. All our receivers got drafted. None of our <laughs> running backs did. Wow. A lot, of, a, lot of them was, a lot of them were too beat up to even compete at the combine. That's how much we was running that ball. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. And for uh, those that, that that's in those situations, man, y'all got that transfer portal now. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go it's, to college, it's college sports free agency with the yeah, transfer. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Those all right. Yeah, high school recruiting. 
as we close out the show, we like we said when we started, there's only one guy who's got a Heisman in here. He's already voted, sent it in. Um, there's going to be a winner tomorrow night. What time is it? Is it 8 o'clock? I think it is 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central. Uh, Thank you. It's 7. 7. 7. Okay. 7. Eastern. One of the three, the one of the four of us that has a vote, I'm trying to point at him. Right, right. I I won't ask you who you voted for. We won't I'll ask you that. I'll just say I hope my guy wins. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the other two guys who didn't. What was your criteria, Charlie? What was your criteria? That's a good question. That's a good question. Criteria? Uh-huh. Uh, he's the best player on, on this team. <laughs> That's pretty simple criteria, Charlie. Pretty simple criteria. Because all of them got numbers. That's true. That's true. So, I think Dante Smith was may have been a possible Charlie vote. You're going to buy the, the, uh, um Okay. Dante Smith. All right. Josh, Josh what do you do? Okay. Oh, I, 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 I already know Joshua with yeah. Devontae Smith. I'll say this. After watching them all play this weekend, I thought he was the best player in college football. I do not think he's going to win, though. Well, you Who think, you think he's going to win? win? I, I, I think he's going to be Trevor. Trevor? Oh, no. Yeah. Listen, Devontae is the best player. He's a problem. A problem. He without without problem. Giving, giving us your vote, Mr. Heisman, who do you think should win it? Hey. Who do you think should win it? Who do you think should win it? Kendrick, I think he's been- joining you on those Nissan commercials, Charlie. <laughs> Who will be joining you on those Nissan commercials? Yeah, I need more than Josh Morgan to get me on those Nissan commercials. <laughs> I like the way you flipped that. Who should take your mascot, Charlie? <laughs> yeah, come on, Josh. I need I need you to pull get some pull so we get on those Nissan commercials. You and I can be on the Nissan commercials together since you you're go. an actor. There you go. There you go. I like it. I, I just right. need a little pull, man. <laughs> you know, how Charlie deflected that question. I, I like how you deflected that question. That was really good. I, I see I how you I was about to say, Kendrick, I think he's been through too many interviews to go, to go for help. <laughs> too smart for me. He's too smart for me. Let <laughs> me you ask me you ask me a question. Yeah, <laughs> who do who you think deserves it? <laughs> I think they all deserve it. They had a very good season this year. Uh, their numbers are great. They led their teams uh, to the championship games, um, ACC, SEC, and and so I think they all deserve it. He just he just he just re- Rashid Wallace you. Both <laughs> people are. Everybody right. at home, all the kids at home watching. This is media training one on one, right here. This dude right here, Hall of Fame <laughs> stuff, right there, baby. Right, he should be kissing babies and running for office. Hey. <laughs> I do have a question though. We were talking about Devonta Smith, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So me 
is he not the closest? And I'm not comparing him to the goat, but is he not the closest as far as his makeup and because he they say his combine numbers like he didn't have the speed, he don't have the body type, right? He that the worth this is the closest we've seen to that Jerry Rice work ethic and mentality at the wide receiver position since him. I'll, I'll just say this because I had not seen him play all season. That's the cleanest route runner I've seen in a long time. That's the dude I mean, that I see that, like, Josh was talking about was, like, if you time him in a 40, he's not he's not going to impress you, but you're not going to catch him. You're not going to catch him. Not oh catching it, and, and, and same with Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice, I don't, did Jerry Rice ever run a 40? <laughs> Somebody said he ran, like, a 4-6 or something. But That's right. He, Never but who him. caught Jerry Rice <laughs> on one of those quick slants? Devonta <laughs> um, not the biggest guy. Oh no, little. He tiny. He when I saw the one, the one, the last one he scored where he fell on his tailbone, mm-hmm. and you got to really yeah. to see the skinniness in action. You're going, how is this kid doing this? Like, how is he doing this? But, but then he, he scored again after that, and then he scored again after that. Perfect tailbone <laughs> and all. All right, we're going to jump off here before Charlie reveals his vote. Uh, Charlie, you was going to say something? Charlie ain't revealing his vote. I said he's, <laughs> he's, like, he's like those uh, those uh, those kids. Uh, I know I've coached against them and sometimes played against some of these type teams where you look at them in pregame and you're like, oh, man, them cats can't play just by the way they look. Uh, they, they shouldn't be able to do anything. And then once they get out there, they'll be like the most disciplined kids, the oh. ones that hit the hardest, and, you know, they play as a unit. And then after the game, you know, like, man, we, why, why do we lose to them? Right. And it's just they know how to play. This cat know how to get open. Oh. He, t- he catches contested uh, balls. Um, he, he runs great routes. He blocks. I mean, he does all the things that you want in a teammate. And so they well, they're well balanced. But he definitely brings out the best in um, in all of those guys. Because when they lost Waddle, right. I don't. I, I think that was the best thing that possibly could have happened to him. Yeah. Uh, to be able to be in this position where he is, uh, being named, you know, one of the finalists for the Heisman, AP Player of the Year. Yeah. Because if he had water there, he'd have just been another guy making plays, but he wouldn't have been able to, you know, showcase all of his talent. Uh. And so sometimes we are byproducts of, you know, someone else's, um, you know, not being there. Well, I, I know a team in East Rutherford that wears these colors right here that would definitely <laughs> need that player right now. Oh, my God. We need him so bad. You look at him and, you know, you don't think he's dominant. And then the next thing you know, he is dominant. He wins a Heisman and he goes to the Heisman house and they think he's a mascot when he shows up. That is hilarious. That was me. Hilarious. <laughs> I, I, didn't have, I didn't have my war paint. I, I, I didn't show up with the war paint, so. Right, right. He looks nondescript, and then you get on the field, and he kills you. 
<laughs> well, gentlemen, get ready for championship Monday. We go. We'll come back and do it all over again on Monday. We're gonna have a ball. Um, it's gonna be fun. Y'all ready? I'll be ready. You gonna do this live on Monday during the game? Well, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that. How we gonna do it? We may make some adjustments <laughs> time wise because we don't want this on during the game. But we'll figure. I got to get with Charlie and see if we can slide it up maybe a little bit. But we'll figure it out. But uh, it's been great, guys. We appreciate you guys for jumping on with us. Appreciate y'all, man. Always a good time. All right, all right. Thank you, sir. Believe in the ACC. Sure. We'll be back next. We'll be back Wednesday doing this all over again. All right. So we'll see you then. You have been listening to Believe in the ACC with Charlie Ward and Lloyd Spence. You can tune in every Tuesday and Thursday on the Believe Podcast Network, Spotify iTunes and everywhere podcasts can be heard. You can also watch Charlie and Lloyd on Facebook on the Noisemakers page and on YouTube on the Noise Media YouTube channel. Please like, subscribe, and follow on all our platforms, and we will keep taking you inside the ACC. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.